My special guest, I've been really looking forward to talking with her. I've been a fan and admire her music for uh, the past few years, and she's a, a world-renowned musician, and specifically in the jazz world. She is one of the most sought-after jazz violinists, and uh, she her roots are in jazz, funk, blues, and her new CD called Motor City Moments uh, definitely exemplifies some of the music she grew up on, and uh, she's put it in her own inimitable way. She is uh, on Verve Records, and uh, would like to uh, welcome to the WVOF and the Upper Room, Miss Regina Carter. How you doing, Regina? Great. How are you? I'm doing fine, Thanks. and uh, you have a, a one of those rare off nights, right? Yeah. Before we start this run at uh, Sweet Basil's this week, so yeah, Sweet Basil's, and uh, what, what do you have planned? You bring in the quintet there? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. They go with me everywhere. So uh, I have my percussionist, bass, drums, piano, myself, and uh, we do two shows nightly and three on the weekends, and we're just going to do a bunch of stuff from both the CDs on Verve and then some stuff that hasn't been recorded as well. And uh, Sweet ba uh, Basil's uh, on 7th Avenue in New York City, around uh, just a, a, around the village or a right. little, little above, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you've been working with this quintet um, for quite a while, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. How, how's things, uh, how'd they take to the new songs? Um, great. You know, yeah. that's, uh, the thing is, is this band is so versatile, and that's what I really look for when I hired each of the musicians, that they would be willing to try uh, some musical um, ideas or chances that they weren't necessarily used to playing. And each of us really learns from one another, because we all come from such different musical backgrounds. So we really help each other with all the different styles that we're playing. So, um getting the music together for this CD was exciting, but it was also challenging because we were on the road about 10 months last year. And so we were getting uh, material while we were on the road, and I'd have to listen to it um, in the few hours that I had free and try and like just pick tunes that, I, that struck me right off the bat and then try and figure out where they're going to work on the instrument. And then after that, I'd take them into the band. And we tried playing through them and coming up with some different arrangements because we didn't want to just do them note for note or arrangement for arrangement like they had been recorded. We wanted to really put our own um, vibe, if you will, on it. And so that took a while, and it was kind of strenuous. But it was a lot of fun, and we really enjoyed doing that uh, because while we weren't playing the gigs at night, it, at soundcheck either we'd be working on these tunes and arrangements or when we were doing clinics, we would use... Uh, that time to show students okay this is how we put a, a, an arrangement together or these are ways you can think about you know uh taking a tune apart so it was really a lot of fun for us a lot of fun for us as well now you're uh, originally from detroit right right and uh this record motor city moments uh contains a lot of the music that came out of that great city right um what was the genesis for uh, yourself to sit down and and decide you wanted to do this project well, it was just really interesting to try and figure out uh, what I wanted to do, and it always is because um, I, I'm influenced by so many different musical styles. Uh, so the record company, my A&R guy, actually helped me with uh, that idea uh, because there's so many great musicians that come out of Detroit, not only jazz musicians, but Motown musicians and funk musicians and um we just have a strong history of music in detroit so he thought it would be a great idea since i have all these styles in my music to 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 uh 
showcase some of the music that has come out of Detroit and showcase some composers, some that are very well known, but also some that people either have forgotten about or that had no um, recognition outside of Detroit. So, you know, some I picked some music composers and musicians that people know well, but Lucky Thompson is a saxophone player that a lot of people don't know about or have forgotten about, who is a great saxophonist, um, especially uh, uh, soprano saxophone. I think he had one of the sweetest tones and was one of the very few that could play that instrument in tune. And uh, then there was a woman named Sarah Cassie, and her, her piece didn't make it on the U.S. release, but it's on the Japanese release. And only a few Detroiters know about her, but she's a great composer, and she was a great pianist as well. Have you gotten back any response from uh, some of the people you, you covered on the record? No, no. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, hopefully Stevie Wonder will, will hear his yeah. tune. It'd be interesting to see what he thinks. Actually, uh, Milt Jackson's wife, uh, heard the tune that we had done of his, which is for someone I love. And when he wrote it, it was I think it was originally a ballad, and we recorded it, and I arranged it as a dance song. Mm -hmm. um, and his wife said that she thought that he would really enjoy the arrangement. So. Oh, okay. Of course, that's the song for someone I love. Right. And, uh, hey, you know, Stevie Wonder actually was the first person I ever saw in concert. So, uh, huh. yeah, him and Gil Scott Heron back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's fantastic. I'm sure. I'm sure you, you're going to run into him to to get some feedback. It'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, and, and we should remind uh, people outside in the the listening audience uh, locally, and also uh, we're going to be rebroadcasting this on the internet uh, very very shortly. That uh, Regina Carter, along with her quintet, will be appearing at Fairfield University's Quick Center here on January 26th, and. Uh, I have to tell you, it's it's a real nice room. Bela Fleck and the Flecktones and Victor Wooten uh, just uh, recorded a live concert here for pay-per-view release. So, oh, cool. Yeah, okay. th I think you're gonna like the uh, like the place. Great, great. Well, we're looking forward to it. So, we'll be having a great time regardless. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. That, that's the main thing. And yeah. That, and we and. Folks should also go down to New York City, which is only 60 minutes away from here. You can see uh, Regina Carter and her quintet, great musicians, Daryl Hall. and. No, it's actually I have oh, no? a new bass player, Chris Lightcap. Oh, okay. He's not so new, about eight months old. Okay, who, who else is in the band, if, if uh, anything Maida changed? Maida Casales on percussion. Okay. Uh, Vanna Gatorg on piano and Alvester Garnett on drums. Oh, all right. And, of course, uh, Regina Carter on uh, violin. And uh, so... I got to ask you, as a violin play, player, um, have you you picked up any new gear or just uh, no. sticking traditional? I, no, I keep it very traditional. When I first started out, I was really into a lot of the gadgets and checking out some of the electric violins. But I really like the sound and the tone from you know just your acoustic um, wood violins and the older ones, older Italian ones especially, and. I, I just love that sound, and any any other kind of sound effects that I get, I like to try and do them myself on the instrument uh, using altered techniques, just kind of fooling around and seeing how I can imitate some of the sounds that I like. Mm -hmm. um, plus, I don't want to carry around a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you definitely guard your violin, right? Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. not a fanatic about it. Right. You know, I've left it in a cab before, but or on a bus or what you know right. and i i mean i don't mean to and i don't mean to sound like i'm i'm uh a space cadet but it's happened it happened to yo-yo ma so you know right. sometimes you have so much on your mind and especially when you travel as much as we do sometimes i just think you know that i have everything and because i carry it on my back constantly sometimes i forget it's even there mm -hmm. it's so light you know 
You know what? Uh, I think it's time. We're going to get into uh, something from Motor City Moments, if you okay. don't mind. Okay. okay. Um, something from the late, great Marvin Gaye. Um, don't mess with Mr. T. Right. Yeah. Um, I know you were listening to a lot of CDs, but uh, how about Marvin? What, what, what song? Why did you choose this one for Marvin? Well, his tunes are hard. A lot of, you know, singers are hard. It's hard to reproduce their songs on an instrument. And people like a Marvin Gaye or an Aretha Franklin, the older singers who were really stylist, um, they could take a tune that when you, whoever wrote the tune, it would just be a very normal, basic melody. And when they finished singing it, there would be all these uh, inflections and, and, and things put on it that would make it their tune. But it would become a part of the tune so that when you heard it then, if you didn't hear all those inflections, it wasn't the tune. So sometimes those are very difficult to reproduce without sounding corny on an instrument. And uh, it, it took me a, um, a long time, to, and I had to go through a lot of material to find you know, people whose music I could do. And f for, as far as Marvin went, that was like the tune that I could, felt like I could, to do, I could record or reproduce without it sounding corny. Um, and probably because there, the melody is so sparse as well, but it's such a hip melody too. So that's why I chose that one. Okay. And we're going to listen to it right now. And this is from Regina Carter's Quintet on Motor City Moments, available any place on online in record stores, uh, on Verve. And uh, we'll listen to it right now. Regina Carter is my special guest right here on The Upper Room with Joe Kelly. And here is Don't Miss. With me. And that is from Regina Carter's Quintet. Her new CD on Verve Records came out a few months ago. But it's uh, really, really nice. Her tribute to the sounds of Detroit. And it's only done in Regina Carter's way. Don't mess with Mr. T and Marvin Gaye. A tribute there. And we have uh, a little bit after 7 o'clock. And we are blessed to have Regina Carter on the line. And, uh, you know, uh, Motor City Moments, talking about uh, some of the other songs you chose on there. Um, Chattanooga Choo Choo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that that's a great standard song. But uh, you... you uh, played a little bit with Russell Malone, right? Right, right, yeah. yeah. And I actually, actually when I I asked Russell to do to record with me before I had the concept for this record in mind and it was because we both played together for the first time at this Clint Eastwood night at the Monterey Jazz Festival uh, two years ago and it was it was such a treat to play with him that I that night I said you have to work with me on my next record. So then when I thought of of uh, the concept, I was like, well, I have some musicians on here that are not from Detroit, but that's cool. And just trying to figure out what I could have him play on. And Chattanooga, of course, <clears throat> I like that without the drums. It's kind of like that old, uh, you know, swing feel, like this old swing bands without the drums and had the violin. The hot, the hot club sound, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I also wanted to have him on a duo, but I didn't want to do your typical, like, ballad or something with just guitar and violin. So Russell plays the blues. Like, that's the music he grew up playing first, on um, like Delta blues, the original kind of blues. And so I came up with a vamp and kind of a tune that we, we improvised in the studio together, but just basing it around the vamp that I had. And it was just a lot of fun to be able to play that with him. Uh, and I noticed you got your funk thing in. Listen to funk, right? You, uh, I, I listen to everything. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> My CD collection, you'll find some Irish music, some Arabic, whatever. Uh-huh. You'll well, find well, everything. 
Um, going back to those Detroit days, what, what were you uh, really getting into? Well, when I was young, very young, I was only listening to European classical music because that's what I studied. Mm-hmm. And I basically thought I was going to have a career in classical music. But then when I was in high school, um, I was turned on to three violinists, jazz violinists, Noel Pointer, Jean-Luc Ponty, and then a friend of mine took me in high school to hear Stefan Grappelli. So that was, that's kind of what really turned me around. It made me want to listen to to jazz, and at that point, then my older brothers were listening to Motown in the house, and um, we lived very close to the Arab Arab community. So driving through there, or going to eat in that in that area, you'd hear that music in the restaurants or what have you, and just having friends from all kinds of you know from different cultural backgrounds and going to their homes and hearing music from wherever they were from. So all that kind of seeped in. And I was always intrigued by a lot of different kind of music. So So if uh, we had any of those unreleased tracks from Brainstorm, what kind of music would we be hearing back then? Pardon? What, what kind of music from Brainstorm back in one of your earlier uh, configurations? Uh-huh. What was I hearing? Yeah, what was going on with the group there? Um, well, I joined them after they made their recording. Uh-huh. And so that was kind of my first time. I was in high school touring with them. Um, so that's kind of my introduction to funk, if you will. Okay. You, know? you, you get back to Detroit regularly? Oh, yeah, because my mother's still there, so uh-huh. I go back all the time. Right. Yeah. And uh, actually, you know, I had some artists on from Detroit, and they say, you know, things are looking up with Detroit. Yeah, they're, yeah. you know, rebuilding downtown, and they have a new um, football uh, stadium there in, in the city, and... Uh, a lot of theaters are opening back up and, and new restaurants downtown, and they have casino gambling, although I don't know if that's going to really help the city because I don't think the gambling <laughs> and it brings in money from outside yeah. to these kind of cities. But That's usually like a last resort kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, and basically it's taking money from the people that are already there that can't afford to be given up any anyway. But mm-hmm. it looks like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's making a turn. Uh, in a positive way it'll never be nothing can ever go back to the what it used to be but right. i think uh you know it's, it's it's some life is coming back into the city now the album which you released in 1999 rhythms of the heart mm-hmm. garnered uh, really high praise uh you know someone from time magazine said it was in their top 10 and you know besides that you know we heard it in jazz circles, and uh, we were playing it here on the station. All that, all those accolades. How how difficult was it to uh, keep it in perspective? Well, you know what, I appreciate all of all of that, and it definitely helps one one's career. You know, helps when people, you know, because those are magazines and papers that are not jazz magazines, so people outside of the jazz. Um, realm are are seeing that and maybe buying the record so it expands my audience but i don't really read that stuff my manager will say oh you got this write-up or a friend will call and say you got this really great write-up and blah 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 i tend not to really read it i don't really have a lot of time to like Mm -hmm. sit down and read that stuff i barely have enough time to read the newspaper every day and i just i don't want to read it because i don't want to read the good stuff because i think if you read the good stuff you have to read the bad and a lot of times i just can't even deal with critics the way they critique in a negative way and not just with me but a lot of other people because a lot of times it's not to me it's not a critique it's right. really sometimes a person it seems very personal or 
is coming from a, 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 neg- a very negative spot. And I think when you critique something, I, my, my whole idea of what critique it, critiquing is is totally different than what usually is happening out here. So I figure if you're not going to read the bad stuff, don't read the good stuff. So I don't, it, you know, it's not hard for me to keep it in perspective. Plus, I know how hard, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm having to work and have had to work really hard to get what I have. And, I mean, I want so much more and not necessarily in a um, material in a material form but musically and and there's so much growing that i have to do and want to do so and my real critics are my my peers you know or my mentors you know so that helps me to keep my whole thing in perspective i know what i have to do and i know how hard i've worked to get what i have now but how much harder i have to work to grow musically and be where i want to be and that's an ongoing process so that's basically all i think about and worry about and just keep hoping that the work keeps coming in and people enjoy the music that we make and that that's basically all i really think about and rhythms of the heart of course uh, was your your debut on verve and, and right. it definitely kept you busy for the last couple couple years and right. it, it's such a varied cd and uh i mean you got skeeter's blues which you know a nice little blues track you got going and your cover of the temps papa was a rolling stone mm-hmm. yeah um your selection of that song, Papa Was a Rolling Stone, what made you go into a semi-reggae beat there? You know, I don't really know. Um, and even how I chose that tune, I was playing um, Eddie Harris' tune, Listen Here, once on a gig at Sweet Basil's about maybe three years ago. And um, when I was taking a solo, and then I just that tune popped in my head and I started playing it. And uh, people in the audience reacted to it, which was funny because I thought, here we are in this jazz club and people are reacting to this tune, which then let me know that music is music, period. You know, and people are going to react to it, whether it's this or whether it's that. And that the whole thing about categories or what is jazz or what is not, I can't really get caught up in that. I can just get, I just like music. And so then after, I said, oh, that'd be a really hip tune to record, you know. And, um... So I had help with another Detroiter, from another Detroiter named Mark Lefford, who's a great singer and trumpet player, and he, he works a lot with Pat Matheny. And I had him help me with, uh, with, the, um, with the arrangement of that. And I think we just both kind of thought it would be very different. And that, that record, Rhythms of the Heart, was showcasing all the different rhythms that had influenced me growing up in Detroit. So that, that tune we designated to be from the reggae aspect. Right, and uh, of course, one one of the standout tracks, one of my favorites, is uh, New York Attitude. Yeah, the Kenny Barron tune. Yeah, so um, you know, what what, uh, what did you bring into the studio with that track, New York Attitude? Uh, some New York Attitude. Yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> I was trying look, to have some New yeah. York Attitude look, look. playing with those cats. I yeah. felt like I had some suburban yeah. attitude. <laughs> Looking out your window, right? Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a challenging tune, just because it is a challenging tune. But then having those cats like you know Penny Barron, Lewis Nash, and Peter Washington, it's mm-hmm. like, and uh, they they appear. Uh, Lewis Nash is on the new record too, right? Right. Yeah. Well, you know what, Regina, we're going to kick into another track off uh, Rhythms of the Heart, and then we'll come back and talk with you a bit. Okay. Maybe delve into something from Motor City Moments again. Okay. Um, my special guest is a very talented musician, violinist. Regina Carter and her quintet will be appearing at Fairfield University's Regina Quick Center. So the names all match up there. Oh, right. Yeah, January 26th. And uh, you can call the Quick Center to get tickets. And, uh, of course, we'll be promoting the show up until uh, 
Showtime, and this is The Upper Room with Joe Kelly, Regina Carter, and New York Attitude. As always, working with top musicians, Regina Carter, and that's uh, from her lauded CD, Rhythms of the Heart, which is on Verve Records, and that's New York Attitude. Regina Carter will be appearing right here at Fairfield University in a nice theater. Um, not too many bad seats in the house. I happened to catch Bela Fleck there not too long ago. And uh, we want to thank Regina for taking uh, time out. I know we were just talking off air about the the uh, travel and all the, the press uh, obligations. And, you know, it, it's great, but it, it does uh, take, you have to definitely pace yourself, right? Yeah, you do. And it takes time to learn how to do that, you know. Uh-huh. And because uh, you say yeah, yeah, yeah to everything. And then you realize that you never have any time for yourself, which is so important. Because if you don't take time for yourself, then you don't have anything left to give. Right. So now I've I've learned finally after so many years of doing this that to look ahead and just say okay you know what these two days are mine no interviews no nothing and just uh, designate designate a day or two for interviews so you just learn how to do it and it helps um, to have a band as closely knit as mine is and they help me on the road because it gets really crazy a lot of times so they'll pick up a fl- the slack a lot of times and uh, their eyes there to help in whatever way they can. I can remember uh, this past summer being up in Montreal, and uh, your second cousin, James Carter, was up there, mm-hmm. and uh, he put on a great show opening up for Maceo. Yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking about the interview thing, I, um, I wanted to interview him, and, you know, I had to join the line of people, but, uh, you know, I talked with uh, his keyboard player, and uh, the, the funny thing is that, you know, you were talking about the demands, you know, what, he, he couldn't be interviewed that day because he was getting his saxophone fixed, which is the most important thing. Right, so, right. Yeah. yeah, you have to think about that as well when stuff starts start happening on the road. Yep. And it's difficult, especially like for me, to find sometimes not just a violin shop, but somebody that really knows what they're doing. Right. You know, so that's always, sometimes you have to drive an hour away, especially if you go somewhere like Europe, you know, depending on where you are or, and, and not really knowing. And I might have to email or call and say, okay, who's the person I should go see here or, you know, so it gets it gets kind of crazy. Any uh, real tough binds about getting something fixed? Uh, no. So far, I've been really lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> knock on wood. Hopefully, that will keep up. You know, I've had to drive a distance, but you know, at least I had the time to do it. And the, the person that um, it always helps to have the the hall where you're working call. You know, because otherwise, you're just you know Joe Schmo. I remember I was in Tel Aviv last year, and I had to take my bow to have it rehaired. And when I went in, and uh, the wife of the guy that was going to do the rehair looked at my instrument, I could tell they were like, oh, brother, who is this? Like, they they just thought I was some amateur or something. And I asked to see some of their bows that I could use while they rehaired mine, and they were showing me these, like, really cheap bows at first. So I just started playing on one. And then she was like, oh, okay. And she showed me the other bows <laughs> and let me pick it's funny sometimes you can tell people just don't know like that you're a serious musician and you have to prove yourself and you can feel it when you walk in but it's you know i don't blame them they don't know who i am right but uh people are definitely finding out who you are and have been for a while and uh you know i I wanted to backtrack you were talking about the clinics the the jazz clinics and Mm -hmm. uh you know uh, actually uh how did you put these together or, or join up with them um well Basically, my booking agent offers them as part of a package when we go out, especially to universities or 
we're going sometimes if we're going into cities and there might even be a high school or elementary school that has a strong music program and they know we're coming in they'll reach out and ask if we do any kind of um, clinics and I set them up either for musicians like if it's uh, jazz bands or I'll work with string players who've never played any jazz before and uh, do like an introductory course for them and it might just be me or the band so that like I teach them about improvisation I've even done it for elementary schools um, and they can be non-music students um, and go in and talk about improvisation and get the little kids especially because they're so eager you know and willing to get up and sing and we do some ear training and some call and response and then sometimes we do pre-concert discussions too where we'll have an audience that's going to come to the concert but they don't really they just come and they can ask anything they want and i usually talk about the band and the music but sometimes we'll do a demonstration because a lot of audiences people don't really think they understand jazz and they think it's a really intellectual or highbrow kind of music and it's it's not really i mean not all of it is some of it is but that's like every music and if you, i think if you understand what's going on then you aren't intimidated or people will tend to enjoy it a little bit more instead of saying oh i hate jazz um so when we do those kind of clinics for general music audience i find that it helps when they come to the concert they come up afterwards and say you know we really understood what was going on and we felt like we were included and that's really important if you want to um you know expand the jazz audience now do you find uh the young folks today are 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 being receptive to uh jazz music yeah i think they are um and especially with music well it helps to have music in some of the schools unfortunately most schools don't have it but for the ones that do if they have a jazz program then they're definitely into it but it's difficult um in a lot of places because a, a lot of cities and states don't have jazz radio stations right so areas that do don't really realize how fortunate they are to have it you yeah. know until it's gone I- i'm also amazed like in new york's had you know for jazz radios had a tough time uh-huh. you know keep keeping uh some solid stations playing jazz music yeah yeah, yeah you know so uh it's uh it's it's all it's a constant battle you know yeah now um if any of the young cats or, or some undiscovered people do you have anybody in mind you'd like to uh work with or somebody knocking your socks off um i hear i always hear a lot of great musicians you know mm-hmm. when we're traveling young musicians you know who are incredible um but right now, I guess, you know, I don't look at myself as saying, oh, this person I want to, like, you know, introduce or, or have them in the band. Because I, I guess I'm still looking at myself as, like, growing at, or mm-hmm. being a student, you know. So it's like a kind of funny head or funny place to be in. I don't feel like I'm in that position yet to say, you know. Right. Hey, you're working hard. And uh, we definitely have appreciated all the great music the past few years. And, uh, Thank you. I want to remind folks that they can go to uh, the Verve Music Group website, www.vervemusicgroup.com, and you can keep up to date on all the uh, tour dates for Regina Carter. And um, any other places uh, we can find out info as far as uh, yourself? Um, that's about it for right. right now. Yeah, we're working on another. My manager's working on a website for me now, so hopefully that will be up in the next couple months. But that's about the best place to find any info. 
and you'll be appearing at Sweet Basil's on 7th Avenue in New York City. Right. And that's uh, Tuesday through Sunday. Right. Yeah, wow. Long week. <laughs> yeah. And, and she gets up at 7 in the morning and works. Right? Get yeah. up and go running in the park. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Like a maniac. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to run in uh, Washington Washington Square Park. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. You know. Get that get that energy going so you can work. So yeah, to clear the head. So wow. So you you don't get too much sleep. No, but nah. I guess I don't need that much actually. And and when I can sneak one, I will get a nap in, even if it's just for a half an hour. But uh huh, that doesn't happen too often. Nah. <laughs> how's your uh, how's your cousin uh, James Carter doing? He's doing great, uh -huh. actually. I we well, I just recorded on his record, Chasing the Gypsy, before he was on this one of mine, Motor right. City Moments, and um. Unfortunately, we're, we're we live a couple blocks from each other. Never see each other, as you know. It's just we're both so always so busy. But I got a, a card with his his daughter. She's growing up so fast. Right. Her little his little daughter Imari. So it's time for me to try and hook up with them. They're actually he's going to be at the Blue Note soon. And another friend of mine, another jazz violinist from Detroit, is going to be playing with them. So I'm going to sneak up on him there. I think. <laughs> Yeah, he he did a lot of improvisation the last concert I saw him at. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, it was really special, and yeah, he's a classy guy. Goes out and introduces the the band and the, you know the compositions and everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a great musician. You know, he's but he's worked extremely hard for what he has. So, oh yeah. You know. Now. Um, you know, of course, we're going to be rebroadcasting this on the internet, so uh, people listen right now. You, you got any? Uh, a short short list on the upcoming dates that we can let people know to go check you out. Um, let's see. <laughs> okay, I put you on the spot. I I could probably tell you better. You could probably tell me where. Yeah. Actually, let's see. Well, actually, let's see. Where are we going to be? I'm looking at my January. We're going to be in uh, after Sweet Basil. We're going to be in Wisconsin, area Green Bay, and uh, where else? Hanover, New New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Burlington, Vermont, Worcester. Wor How do you say it? Wor Worcester. Worcester, thank yeah. you. Massachusetts, Fairfield, Connecticut. Uh, <laughs> let's see, I have a CD coming out, a, a, a duo CD with Kenny Barron coming out in the spring. Is it going to be on Verve? Or? Yeah, yeah uh -huh. it's a joint project uh, for both of us. So it's just a duo. So okay. That was a lot of fun. We just finished recording right before Christmas. And... Uh, then I have to start thinking about my next project, but so we'll be around oh. <laughs> in all the cold yeah. states. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you get to run on the road? Yeah, I yeah. try to. I mean, if we have time, sometimes once we finish the gig the next morning, we might have to be up at five or six going to the airport. Uh-huh. You know, so sometimes, and if there's no gym in the hotel, sometimes it gets really difficult, but I try and when we do have a little bit of time, take a, take a run in the city. I like to run outside. I don't particularly like being inside of a gym, but... Yeah, you know you have to do what you can do. Plus, in New York City, it's it's nice to run in the parks in New York City. Oh, it's great! Yeah, yeah. and even when it snowed last week, uh, the park was clear the next day. So, uh, so I still I only had to miss one day of running. Oh, that's good. So it's been great. Yeah. And yeah, and you're uh, all rested up for uh, the week long stand at Sweet well, Basil's in New York City. <laughs> yeah. Rested as I'm gonna be. So. Yeah. So so actually what. You know, uh, we talked a little bit. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of the sets you're bringing. Um, do you change it up 
every few nights on the tour, or is it you stick to the, the, the plan? No, 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 no. We change it up so uh-huh. we don't get bored and right. don't get, you know, um, uh, you know, com- comfortable. Right. Then we have a lot of material from both records and even, you know, stuff that we have not recorded. So I change it up and, you know, we switch it around and some nights we'll play some tunes, the next night some other tunes. But we have a few that we always play that we really enjoy playing. So. Right. Yeah. And uh, just about 18 days, uh, Regina Carter will be gracing the stage here at Fairfield University's Regina Quick Center. And um, we're looking forward to that. This is the Upper Room with Joe Kelly. Yeah. You're still there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're. Uh, I'm going to let you uh, have the choice on the, the going out track off uh, Motor City Moments. What are you feeling today? Uh, how about, how about, how about, how about uh, for someone I love? Okay, for someone I love, and uh, that's a yeah, there's a lot of romantic songs on this record. <laughs> yeah, a nice, nice, nice ballads on there. Oh, great! Thanks. Yeah, so uh, for someone I love, which uh, you mentioned has a Afro-Cuban groove to it. Yeah, it's a dance song. Yeah, a dance which is song. It's an old style of Cuban dance that uh, is slowly making its way back into fashion. So right. So you did a real nice job on this one, and thank uh, you, Milt Jackson tune. And uh, it's Regina Carter and her quintet off Motor City Moments. Please get this one into your collection. And uh, most importantly, go out and support Regina Carter, who's definitely one of the hardest-working musicians around. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see you up here at the university when you're here uh, the 26th. Great. Thank you. I'm looking yeah. forward to meeting you and looking forward to seeing everybody at the concert that night. Okay, thanks again, Regina, for uh, all your time tonight. And just, thank you. Just uh, relax the best way you can tonight. <laughs> okay, thanks. Okay, thanks, Take Regina. Take care now. Okay. Bye-bye.